Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. How was your week, guys? That was fair to Midland, although I do have a kid with the flu right now. <gasps> no. Oh, sucks. Just no boy now. But otherwise good. What about y'all? We had a flu scare that was awful. Ooh, what it ended up being. Just that random well, virus that's like the flu? No, we were um, at a kid's music concert, and Ellie was snuggling up with her godmother, and a couple hours later, we get a text text from her godmother that says, bad news, I started to feel sick, went to minor emergency, I have the flu. Oh, boy. So, so we hit that. We hit the, math, the, the longest point of the incubation period yesterday afternoon, and life got much better. What is the longest point of incubation period? Four days. Four days. One to four days, and you can be contagious 24 hours before you're symptomatic. I learned a lot about the flu this week with uh, Christine's anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I got a job. Yay! Which that makes my go, week better. <laughs> which means I get to go see Anthony next month. In I'm so excited. God. That's amazing. I need to I find some reason you. to get myself to New York next month. Just going to warn you in advance, Anthony, I'm a hugger. It's okay. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) There should be so many pictures that come out of this trip. I'll be disappointed if there aren't. It's going to be the Tisa podcast version of planes, trains, and automobiles. (laughs) Steve Martin calling it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. Julia, not too late to get a ticket yourself too. No, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that. <laughs> it's okay. We'll I mean, just get point to every time I'm invited to something to turn it down. Tom can speak to that with a <laughs> definitive. <laughs> it's accurate. Can I tell you all a really funny story? Definitely. So when you have a retail location, you get the weirdest questions. And Christine's had a store now for eight years. This one takes the cake. She had a lady come in. She said, I know you don't really do this here but I thought you might know a good place for me to go. I'm looking for a place to get a cake because I'm having a birthday for my dog. So I need a cake for him. Not one with sugar, you know, a dog birthday cake. What does that mean? A dog birthday cake? Yes. Those are very popular around here. Oh my gosh. So I told Christina, I was like, this is the vibe you're putting off to people. People think you're the girl who knows about dog birthday cakes. <laughs> Pretty sure you're not living your best life right now, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is funny. I can't think of a person I would ask that question to. And I don't think 
It would be somebody at your store. It'd be somebody like Sprouts or something. I don't think I can imagine being a person who would need to ask that <laughs> question. <laughs> People love their pets, Tom. I guess so. I bet Buddy the Elf would ask. Definitely. So, shall we jump in and talk about this awesome 2014 Christmas movie in order to keep the holiday spirit alive for our listeners? Let's do it. If we must. So, for those of you who don't know, we are discussing the 2014 black comedy holiday film, A Merry Friggin' Christmas. Tom, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Boyd is forced to take his family to spend Christmas at his parents' house and has to hit the road with his eccentric father to get his son's Christmas gifts before morning and save Christmas. Well, before we get into histories and overall thoughts about this film, I just wanted to say this is, I just, this is an interesting film to me. But, but uh, let's run through the cast real quick, because whatever we end up thinking about this film, it has a pretty talented cast for the most part. Or at least it's full of people who keep getting work, at any rate. <laughs> It's a wide swing. <laughs> well, um, some, I, I, of them, yeah, some of them stopped getting work. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, so why don't we start with the best person in this cast? Maybe not the best person in this movie. We'll talk about that later, maybe. Mm. But the best person in this cast, I think we can all agree, Robin Williams. No? Well, he should be. Yeah, he's the yeah. most prolific. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to detract from Candace Bergen's greatness, though. You know what I mean? Oh, She's okay. no Robin Williams, though, <laughs> in my mind. But he's been in a million things: Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji, Popeye, Dead Poet Society, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, Goodwill Hunting, One Hour Photo, Hook, Night at the Museum trilogy. What's your favorite Robin Williams, guys? I'm not going first. Dead Poet Society. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. What's yours, Anthony? This is Doubtfire. But Doubtfire. he was great in Aladdin. I mean, the genie makes that film. The genie mm-hmm. really makes that film. What about you, Julia? Yeah, so it's probably a dead heat between Aladdin and Hook for me. Hook. And his me- I love so many of his movies it's almost like i have to step back and be like okay so out of these six movies i adore which one would i sit down and grab first right right and it would be one of those two probably do you want me to blow your mind a little bit about goodwill hunting please do matt damon is now older than robert williams was in goodwill hunting wow oh weird the, right those articles online always blow my mind the ones that are like it's now the same amount of time between such and such a date and such and such a date as it was between blah 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 like mm-hmm. they always blow my mind mm-hmm. so i don't get those articles because they're supposed to be clickbait but the title tells me everything that i need to know <laughs> and i never <laughs> click on them. i'm like oh cool an interesting fact i'm gonna walk away now <laughs> speaking of clickbait have y'all seen the new record ralph Mm-mm. no I didn't like it as much as the first, but I really love the way they visualize the internet. Hmm. So great. If you so, watch it, it has some super winning moments, especially the whole part with the Disney princesses. So I was a was fan awesome. of the first Wrecking Ralph. So you were I not? No, oh. I was so pleasantly surprised by that movie. 
I did not want to see it. The kids drug us to it. We saw it at the dollar movie theater. That's how much I had invested in it. And I cried at the end. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, man, I like that movie. I like the character. I like the general concept. And there were good moments. But I mean, I don't know. I felt like it. the pacing in that movie was weird to me. Hmm. No concept was weird to me. Didn't we talk about that before, though? You talked for a while about the way they handled the princesses. I haven't. I just saw it the other night. Who was telling me about that? Okay, never mind. It's that part, at least, if you're not going to watch anything else, is absolutely 100% worth it. It's freaking hilarious. I did see a clip of it, but I want to see the whole scene. Yeah, the entire scene. It's totally worth it. I, and the thing I liked a lot about the first one was all the little video game Easter eggs. So I'm, I'm excited to see the stuff. I will see the second one at some point, but mm-hmm. I love the Easter eggs they can pack into films like that. Mm-hmm. So this film also stars Joel McHale, um, probably best known for Community and The Soup. Mm-hmm. Do we have a favorite Joel McHale? I'm not the biggest fan of this guy. Community, you know. I liked Community, well... Community for me was hit or miss, but I didn't care for his character. On he was show. not the strongest point of that that show. Nope. He actually turned me off from it for a really long time. Hmm. I that show, the that show had an Joel awesome McHale Christmas episode, though. The best Joel McHale I've seen really? was probably this. Wow. Womp womp. <laughs> I wonder what Julia thinks Spoiler this alert. Movie. <laughs> I don't think he did a great job in this movie. <laughs> Playing the wife of Joel McHale in this movie is Lauren Graham, probably best known for Gilmore Girls and Parenthood, but she was in films like Sweet November, Bad Santa, which <laughs> we keep avoiding on this podcast up until this <laughs> point. Um, the Pacifier, Evan Almighty. Yeah, do we have a favorite Lauren Graham? Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. She's Yay. my celebrity crush, just so you all know. I heard she is a nightmare to work with. I <gasps> no, don't say those words. I, I heard she, she is literally like so standoffish and no fun on set. And yeah, how, how could that be possible? I know she's Lorelai Gilmore. Right, that's one of the most charismatic characters I can think of from television. Well, it's kind of like when you hear that on set, Will Ferrell is actually a super serious guy until the cameras are rolling. Right, like sometimes he just play your opposite i guess so i'd hate to think that about her candace bergen married to robin williams in this film best known without a doubt for murphy brown right mm-hmm. but Which she was coming also, back right it's already back it's already it back i haven't seen it yet <laughs> and then she's they're it. still doing the secretary per episode bit which is funny <laughs> but she's also been in boston legal gandhi starting over uh she was on house she was in miss congeniality sweet home alabama is murphy brown the favorite for you yes i loved murphy brown i liked it i was pretty young so i don't know that i understood most of the humor oh i didn't totally didn't either but i liked her Uh, yeah did you have you watched the new ones julia yeah they're not that funny to me no i agree but I, i love the original Mm-hmm, I do too. So this film also stars Oliver Platt, who we were just talking about off mic. We didn't realize it was him in this movie until the very end. Um, he plays the drunk homeless Santa Claus in this film. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this guy has a million things to his name, just like Robin Williams. What's your favorite Oliver Platt film? 
Three Musketeers. He was Porthos. And he was hilarious. Tom? Bicentennial Man. He was in Bicentennial Man? It was not my favorite. Williams? I'm totally kidding. Yes, he was, but that's not my favorite. <laughs> How funny. Three Three Musketeers. Who's, I mean, nobody's going to say anything besides Three Musketeers, right? You can't. Actually, no, I'm going to say Three Musketeers. Anthony has to agree on that. I what? that movie growing up. It was a great movie. This movie also stars some bit TV actors. Uh, Clark Duke, who plays young Dwight or Dwight Jr. on The Office. That's what I really know him from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 he, he plays uh, Joe McHale's brother in this film. <laughs> I just, I really do only know him as Dwight Jr. What was his character's actual name on that show? Oh, shoot. I don't even know. Clark. Clark. That's it. Clark. <laughs> my, um, I got my him. memory back, guys. I've been sleeping. So <laughs> Anthony's like, you don't like that joke anymore. <laughs> I've been sleeping. <laughs> uh, he was also. Um, he was also in Kick Hot A. Tub Time Machine. He was in. With another Office alum. <laughs> yes, he was with mm-hmm. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Sex Drive. He was in. I don't know if I can say the name of the film on this podcast, even though it's the name of the film. Kick a dollar sign, dollar sign. Yes, he was. Bad Moms. Was he in Bad Moms? He was, wasn't he? I don't remember the first one that much. He's kind of always the same character, but I really like him. I do too. I do too. And he, well, we'll get to it afterwards, but he was one of the parts of this movie I liked. (laughs) 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 Um, Along with another Office alum... Mark Prox, is that how you pronounce his last name? Prox, 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 I don't know his name, but he played Nate on The Office, who is that really calm, oh, genuine yeah. warehouse guy who Dwight always like <laughs> bully. Uh, again, he played the same character in this film, just a really yeah, exactly endearing, sweet guy. Oh um, gosh, that's funny. But I don't think he's in much else. Oh, he's he was in Better Call Saul, and he's starring in the upcoming What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Which, by the way, that movie, we've talked about this before. I love that movie. Absolutely. I don't know how I feel about this um, recast show. Um, it's still the same person who Not created the, the original, movie. though. So I okay. assume it's going to have the same, you know, style and feel and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's his name? Taika Waititi? Yeah. Yep. And Jermaine Clement is also still doing it, too. Jermaine is still involved. Yep. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's, I'm going to put a, a put this out there. I think it's going to be a little more sticky. I think so, too. I mean, the commercials have been really sticky. But uh, the only other person I wanted to mention in this cast is Wendy McClendon-Covey is also in this movie. And she's... Um, She's currently starring on the Goldbergs as the mother, uh, but she's in a bunch of, you know, she was in Reno 911. She was in Bridesmaids, the Rules of Engagement. She was one of the funny characters from the uh, One-Eyed Snakes on Bob's Burgers. I don't watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Me either. Oh. She's the widowed lover of the head of this bike gang. Her nickname is Mudflap. She ends up going into labor in the restaurant anyway. Not all oh that out for you guys. <laughs> She's funny yeah. though. She's really funny. Jeffrey Tambor had a cameo in this film as this voice of the snowman in the snow globe. <gasps> really? And I, I love 
I love Jeffrey Tambor. How funny. He'll or he'll always be George Bluth Sr. to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't convict a husband and wife of the same crime. Oh, Best you still don't watch the rest of the development, have ever. you? No, those are last on me. Oh, yeah, that's the next one. You gotta watch the first three seasons and you can stop. But yeah, so I mean overall, outside of this Again, spoiler alert. Outside of this film, it's a pretty talented cast, right? For the most part. Right. Which is why I'll start with my history first and my overall opinion. I don't know where this film went so wrong with a cast <laughs> like this. Now, I, I can't say I have strong feelings of hatred for it. or strong. Yeah. I, 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 and, but I don't like this film. I'm kind of like ambivalent towards this film. Like, I think at the core, there's, like, the seeds of an interesting idea, right? But the execution and the writing, like, <laughs> I don't know what what went wrong. Like, and the whole father and son thing, I feel, is something that a lot of people out there could probably relate to. But just the execution. Um, so, yeah, overall, I do not like this film. And the other day was my first time seeing it. I was when I was watching it. I was wondering if it was going to have that, if it was going to be that that dysfunctional family love that Julia digs. Uh, as as I started it, they call it a black comedy or a dark comedy. Um, I didn't find anything funny about it. Really, it wasn't a funny movie, with the exception of Boyd's brother. Um, I didn't really find the characters likable. You didn't like the state trooper. You didn't like Nate from the office. Well, but he's not a real character, right? I mean, he was just. He was just there for Boyd to be a jerk, too. Mm-hmm. I had tried to watch this movie multiple times over the years and finished it for the first time yesterday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, first first time I'd heard of it and seen it was just in the last week for the podcast. Didn't even know it existed. Um, wasn't missing anything. I just, I think, it's like you said, Anthony, there's so much potential behind the cast members in this movie. And this is not a new storyline. This storyline works in other places. Like It's successful. Dysfunctional Families is one of my favorites. But nobody is likable to me except for Clark. And you can't have one person that carries a cast. You know, you have to like, you have to like each person a little bit for some tiny reason for these dysfunctional families to work. And I really don't like any of them, unfortunately. I did so. like Lu- Luann, Lauren Graham's character, her trying yeah. to reconcile and bring these families together. Uh, I did see her in that, that unique role, I think, where she was looking at her husband, Boyd, and hearing the stories of his father growing up. And it almost seemed like she didn't quite buy it. And somehow this trip was an eye-opener for her and exactly how bad his father was. Mm-hmm. And her trying to come to grips with that. But I feel like her, there was no amount of, of awesomeness that Lauren Graham could produce that would offset how sterile, bland, boring, detached, and unconvincing Candace Bergen was in this film. Yeah. She was, was beyond so awful. I, I also didn't buy her and Robin Williams as a couple. No. No. No, chemistry, no chemistry between the two of them. No. Which I mean, uh-huh. which you, you see it and you don't expect there to be chemistry from Robert Williams, right? With his character. He played this guy to a T. 
He wasn't even, I mean, he didn't even have chemistry with his wife, but Candace Bergen had, was not convincing. Because Candace Bergen is historically always in a strong female role. And in this right. one, she's shoved under his boot the entire time. That's why it's not convincing is because she doesn't know how to play that role because she plays the opposite so well. Yeah. yeah. That's very point. So, I mean, I couldn't, yeah, there was no buying that for me either. Okay, so Robin Williams is a legend, right? How do you mm-hmm. cast Robin Williams for a road trip comedy? And the and script is this bad. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he did really well with what he had. He was completely unlikable. I mean, he, play- he played what he was meant to play. Yep. So I'll give him props to that. But when I go into a movie and I don't like Robin Williams' character, and I know he's played... Mm-hmm jerks before and creepy people before but i was always at least captivated by his character i wasn't like into him in this movie and it's sad to me as a huge fan of robert williams and his legacy and his filmography that this is this is one of the three movies released after his death yeah 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 there was Um, no underbelly of warmth to him and i think that's what he does so well mm -hmm. um i really miss that and that made me extra sad watching this one that like you said it was one of the picks to release after he passed away i i think i tried watching this shortly after uh, his suicide and i couldn't get through it mm-hmm. i will say i did like his interaction with his son-in-law oh the per- the, the, the pervert, pervert. <laughs> there's only room for one pervert in this family <laughs> i love the continual reminder that this guy's a pervert and uh that was that was a funny storyline and oh nelson clark duke's character was just <laughs> okay so let's just back up for a minute here for listeners who haven't seen this movie and don't plan on seeing it <laughs> it's like Julia said, this plotline has been done a million times. So basically, Joel McHale has a bad relationship with his father, doesn't often go home because of it. But his brother, it's played by Clark from The Office. Nelson. Nelson uh, just had a child and is getting him baptized on Christmas Eve, which means they have to go home for it Christmas. Wasn't his child? <laughs> it was his cheating girlfriend's child. <laughs> With her lover that he is going to raise. Yes. <laughs> He's so good-hearted, though. He named the baby Boyd <laughs> after his brother. <laughs> so they, yeah, Boyd has to go home Christmas Eve because of it for this baptism, and spend Christmas with his father, who ruined Christmas for him as a kid by telling him by be, he was drunk alcoholic told him santa's not real so because of that he's been over trying to overcompensate with his youngest son who still believes in santa but he forgets his child's gifts at home no he nodded to his wife it was obviously her job to bring the gifts and she forgot them either way (laughs) they were on a break (laughs) i totally thought of friends too (laughs) which again this whole thing has happened in multiple movies and tv shows too right to greater success. <laughs> they, they, for, they forget the kids' gifts from Santa at home to leave under the tree on Christmas Four Day. hours away. Four mm-hmm. hours away. So because he really wants his son to keep believing in Santa at least for one more Christmas, 
he plans on driving all the way back four hours to get the gifts and make it home in time for Christmas morning for his son to wake up. And uh, his father, Robin Williams, and his brother go on this road trip with him, and it's supposed to be... Well, he goes by himself, and his car breaks down. His Bavarian waste of money, or money waste or whatever, the BMW breaks down, and his dad comes to pick him up with two giant porta potties in the back of his truck for whatever reason he decided that he should take those on an eight hour road trip with him. Well that's his business. That's his business. I, I get so that. That's his car. Yeah, I, I don't get know. That, why but I would probably it. unhitch those, taking those down, you know, for the fuel economy for an eight hour road trip. Yeah. Also looking at the truck, don't think it would have made it eight hours, guys. No. <laughs> so along the way on this road trip hijinks with a question mark and sue you know i wouldn't call them hijinks uh they get pulled over multiple times by this well, kind-hearted endearing state trooper they <laughs> think his, they they hit a homeless santa and think they killed him and almost go to dismember his body when he wakes up <laughs> just in time <laughs> to stop them wakes up and asks for bourbon which <laughs> Well, I think we've got to add the uh, the line, you know, the whole storyline with Nelson's PTSD from the war. <laughs> <laughs> he was training to go overseas, and uh, he fell off of a Humvee and hurt it, hit his head. And Robin in Williams in, in basic training, and Robin Williams insists that made him a war hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, I did like that running guy. Oh, I did too, and how vehemently Robin Williams. <laughs> Attacked Boyd when he would question his uh, <laughs> but as a result, anytime things get intense, he goes to to quiet dark places and falls asleep immediately. <laughs> in this case, it was one of the porta potties in the back of the truck. <laughs> so, of course, because it's a Christmas movie, they do have the happy ending. They get back in time with the gift, have homeless Santa deliver it. Sorrow. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's such a it was it's just a weird interpretation of a storyline that's been done to death a million times mm-hmm. and done to death in ways that are a million times better mm-hmm. yeah you have robin williams that has a linus moment so to speak so does joel McHale. they both have a quasi reconciliation at the end where they sort of understand where each other are coming from but then they're both ready like as right after they have that linus moment they're ready to destroy the body of this homeless santa guy so mm, yeah <laughs> is I, it really a linus moment because well the, the thing that weirded me out about that was they were playing it as oh you know what you know i'm gonna do something good for my son here so you don't get in trouble they were playing it as it was supposed to be like a i'm looking Mm -hmm. out for you son like a good moment between the two of them which was really bizarre yeah nelson even says you were gonna sacrifice your whole life for your son yeah it's so heartwarming. No, no, you were about to chop somebody up. That nullifies any heartwarming. Well, only after they realized that the, they didn't have time to before getting back for Christmas to drop this guy off in a warehouse to put his body in hydrochloric acid. Right. <laughs> right, that's right. Okay, so again, I did love the state trooper guy, just how endearing he was. I liked him too. Like, even when they just speed past him and don't stop, hey, 
I don't know if you saw see my lights back here, but I'm trying to pull you over. <laughs> so it takes place in Wisconsin. So he does. He has that. He has that. Wisconsin. Yeah. I liked him too. He made me smile at least. Smiling was a rare thing in this film. It was rare. <laughs> it took me forever to figure out that he put a burrito in a blender with milk to feed oh. to the baby at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Also wrought with racist um, remarks when it comes to the sun, by the way. Um, but, but boy, um, Nelson had a, a good heart. Yes. The other part of this movie that was really weird to me is the whole, the whole, they get back to the house and it's rented out to immigrants who, that was just so weird. Didn't make sense. They were house sitting. They were house sitting. They didn't speak English. Yeah. They like, I don't know. It's just, it it felt very racially insensitive to me, that whole part of the movie. I love the fact that his brother Nelson thinks he can speak a, a derivative of Farsi, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of telling the people it's okay, they can stay, he ends up telling them to get on their ground and take them, <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> so, did you get like any Christmas feels from this movie at all? Like, whether it was a scenery thing or anything? No, not a drop. You guys didn't have your hearts melted when Santa delivered the present himself to that little boy. And drank that the greasy. <laughs> no. E- even the Santa at the beginning, when they're visiting a professional Santa Claus, looked disgusting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, these were terrible Santas. The trees weren't memorable, which you wouldn't expect Robin Williams's house to be decked out really for Christmas. It's the wife doing it all on her own. But still, none of it left any kind of a positive holiday impression on me. Mm-mm. Which was a miss. You could have at least done that. It's a shame because this is really Robin Williams' only Christmas movie. Nope. He, he had a cameo in the movie Noel. Yep. But this is really the only Christmas film he starred in. Which makes me sad because I felt like he had the personality for a Christmas film. Oh, definitely. Oh, crud. No, I... Mm, I gotta go back to my Robin Williams movies. Well, what's your favorite? Well, it's gonna be a tie. What dreams may come? Mm, that and what did you pick initially? Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I love that movie. The movie that introduced introduces all high school students to the transcendental American authors. Convinces us all we should be a throw. <laughs> 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 Although I think I quoted. Uh, Whitman in that, right? Yeah, Leaves of Grass. You know, it's not even the the dark comedy, the anti-Christmas Christmas movie, um, because there are scenes in other Christmas movies that do this so much better. Um, we haven't covered it yet before Christmases. You know, um, the when they go to the, the dad's house, they have a similar hostility. The whole family is at each other's throat. Nobody gets along. But they do that so much better. I don't know. This one just did not do it in a convincing way to engage me in any way. Mm-mm. 
I'm not only gonna I'm not even gonna say that Joel McHale and Robin Williams are the only bad parents in this film because Lauren Graham and Candace Bergen were watching those children and they got stone cold passed out drunk on Christmas Eve <laughs> to the point where the kids woke up Christmas morning and eh, they'll be fine stepped over their bodies and ran into the living room to open their gifts. And so this is supposed to be like a realistic movie. We're supposed to be following this family's this family's odyssey to rediscovering one another and reconnecting. What the heck was the stupid? Okay. First of all, I was annoyed by the competitive eating. That was just really dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kid shoving all of the, the rolls Pickles. in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm going back further when he puts, <laughs> I've watched competitive eaters because you know, it's like a train wreck and you can't turn away. They don't get that much food in their mouth at once, right? Without swallowing. And then just magically right. it's all out of his mouth. No, that was pretty fake. But then, like, the, the pickles were black. Who is going to feed a little kid a, a jar of black pickles from the 70s? In From the Nixon years. That's oh. what the little girl, the girl said. Those pickles have been there since the Nixon years. You're going to hallucinate. Oh, what did she say? You're going to kill yourself. You're gonna hallucinate. And then they have this whole hallucination scene with a... It was just so dumb. With Jeffrey Tambor voicing a snowman in the snow globe and saying, you've had your doubts. It's because Santa's not real, kid, or whatever he said. It was so dumb. Mm-hmm. So we, know, we liked Nate, right? Or was that his name? Nelson. Nelson. He did just seeing him, him open that that porta potty bathroom door and seeing him sitting in the toilet asleep. Like, what's up, guys? <laughs> frozen out here. <laughs> no, it's like in the fifties. You'd have been alright. <laughs> Besides favorite. his character in general, do you guys have favorite scenes or favorite quotes or any scene that we haven't talked about yet that you take real issue with? Uh, I just gave you the one that I take real issue with. <laughs> Him, so Nelson standing up at church prior to the baptism made me laugh, but also hurt inside a little bit when he was explaining how he got baby boyed. Um, <laughs> that part was mildly funny to me. Um, and then there was, I, there are no quotes on IMDb for this, and I usually rely very heavily on quotes on IMDb because with movies like this, I've not seen a lot. I've not internalized the quotes. Um, but there was some funny lines from the uh, Wisconsin state trooper that made me laugh as well. But as far as specifics, I don't have them. And I can't think of any other. So what I usually love about Christmas movies are the family moments, and there really aren't any that stick out in my brain. I liked one of the family moments when they were at dinner and he found out that his father, that Robin Williams shot a squirrel and was feeding him a squirrel at dinner instead of chicken like the rest of the family. The buckshot in it. Oh, that was so gross. <laughs> yeah. I did kind of, I did kind of like, cause I do feel like it, it's realistic to an extent. Um, the, the generation Robin Williams is supposed to be a part of in this film before the family arrived when he was saying it's my house you know i'm if i want to if i want to smoke in it i'll smoke in it or whatever he was saying like i feel like there was a name on the mailbox i feel like there's a generation an older generation what that gets very defensive about people coming to stay with them and expecting them to uh change their normal routine just because they're staying as guests in your house 
So I found that ring true to me a bit. I'm not saying I liked it, but I'm saying that ring true to me. And I did like the moment with Wisconsin officer when they uh, the porta potty falls off the truck and hits his patrol car. He can't give chase anymore. How rather than radioing for backup, he looks at the picture of his family and just mm-hmm. says, "It's fine, I'm going home." I thought that was very sweet. His face just had the uh, uh, that Ed Asner. I'm getting too old for this for Mel. <laughs> just turns on the wiper blades to get all the Porta John stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of this movie was just, it, this movie's very forgettable. It is. I just want to forget it. <laughs> so well, it wasn't quite a low, like all American Christmas Carol was, but there were definitely moments where that's the movie that came to mind. Yes. Fair. It reminded fair. me a lot of that. And I'm like, oh, it's icky. I don't want to be reminded of that again. Um, We're on a weird long streak of agreeing about movies, guys. (laughs) No, what's going on? (laughs) I I don't know why. I was sure that there was... So I had this idea because I read read reviews and everything of this movie, and they're really mixed. Some people love this movie and have great things to say about it. I was afraid there was something I was missing, but knowing that neither of you all saw it either... um, I feel a little better. You, you, you guys remember how much I, I, I ranted and railed against Jim Carrey's Grinch, right? Right. This is worse. Yep. <laughs> I would rather watch that movie. I honestly think no, I wouldn't. I'm trying to, so I'm trying to 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 think ahead of where I'm going to go with the ratings, and I'm trying to compare it to movies like All I Want for Christmas Is You, and you know the. The, the Christmas project, those that hit the bottom of our list. Man, I don't know. Well, mm. let, why don't we move to rankings in a second? I just want to touch on one more thing real quick. And Julia kind of touched on it earlier. Does this film pass the Linus test? It does. It does. I, I feel like having that moment where you want to, I guess they're coming together as a family to mutilate dead Santa's body. So For them, it's a Linus moment. It's a Linus moment for them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the bar is set that low to begin with, any <laughs> technically <laughs> achieving that for them. Did, did Oliver Platt lose a bet? Moment. Did Oliver did Platt a lose a bet? Why else would he take this role where you don't even... You, well, that's probably why he took it, because he knew nobody would be able to tell it's him until the very end. <laughs> but, like, he's in this dirty, grungy Santa suit the whole time. He has maybe... With a lisp. With a lisp. A weird lisp. Drunk, homeless. He's in the film for about six, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-mm. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. Do we have anything else to say or should we just rank it and put it in our, our rear view mirror? Yes, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So going back to my talk of ranking, I kind of want to talk this out with you guys. I think I know where I'm going to land. Yeah, I, okay. think I, would ra- I think I would rather watch... Santa Slay and All I Want for Christmas is You instead of this. I don't know. Maybe even Jingle All the Way. Mm. More than this. I'd watch Jingle All the Way more than this. I think I will too. I think I'd, I'd watch all three of those over this. Mm-hmm. There are definitely some of these low movies that I ranked that when we do our second year anniversary special, we talk about regrets we've made. That I want to give some credit to. 
The star. No, I ranked the star. I was the only one I, happy in retrospect with the star. I have You were the low one on that. For the star. I did too. Oh, Julia was the low one. Yeah, yeah I me. know. I, I, I owe this one some more love, too. I owe this star more love. Right. I'm coming in with a point eight, which means I would rather watch One Magic Christmas than this movie, which, guys, that's a new low for me. <laughs> I'm going to come in at 0.24. I'm Anthony. I'm going to give it a low rating. I'm going to give it a 2.3. No, I can't get, I can't get this a 2.3. I gave, I gave I'll Be Home for Christmas a 2.5. I'm not giving this a 2.3. Oh, the days when we thought that was low. You know, I'd be really interesting to like cover one of the bad movies from the beginning again and see just... <laughs> how we would rank it this time around. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the... (sighs) Every week. I love it. Makes me happy. I, I'm going to give this the same thing I gave All American Christmas Carol. So, 0.01. Ooh. Coming in at the lowest. Wow. Comes in at 0.35. 0.35 puts it at number 50 on our list. In between Santa's sleigh and Just Friends. It's oh, abysmal. That is pretty bad. That is... Pretty bad. I'm glad to be done with this one. So, Julia, why don't you lighten the mood? Didn't you have a nice Christmas question of the week for us to discuss? Yes. So, I mentioned how I love dysfunctional families. This dysfunctional family Christmas dinner left a lot to be desired. So, let's inject some Christmas love back in this episode. Um, I'm curious if you had to pick a Christmas movie moment, or we could do TV. We could include that as well to partake in right so we did the whole if you could live in any christmas movie what would it be i'm refining that if you could partake in any christmas dinner scene in a movie what would you partake in Hmm. this is for listeners too and we'll be talking about our social medias here in just a second we want you to chime in with your answers to this as well any christmas dinner scene hmm Hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of Mike with the beer. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between a beer and a lager? <laughs> oh, I love that episode. <laughs> me too. I I go back in there, back into the land where time stands still. <laughs> I, I always want to give a real answer to that question when it comes up. Oh, really? <laughs> I do. You know, it's funny you you stipulated what Christmas movie dinner scene. It doesn't have to be dinner because but... I, because I'm thinking like I'm thinking like all the movies. I'm trying to run through all the big movies we love, right? In my head, mm-hmm. like with dinner scenes, the National Lampoon scene. The dinner was a disaster. Tim Allen right. burned his meal and they ended up at Denny's. 
right. a Christmas story. The dogs came in and ripped out the turkey, and they had to go to Chinese food on Christmas. Like a ten- Santa's Let sleigh. me amend it. Santa's yeah, let sleigh. me amend. Okay, it doesn't have to be the Christmas dinner scene, but let's make food a focal point. So we can or- even include like um, uh, Krampus with all of the cookies and the baked goods at the beginning with the grandma. Ooh. Let's just make. Let's include the family togetherness that tends to happen in with food at Christmas time. Right. Could because it, they are connected. Could it be a theoretical dinner that we did not see? Like, could we pick a family from a Christmas yes. that we want to have dinner with? That's fantastic. Let's okay. do that. That's a better question. Well, I would like to eat dinner then with Papa Elf at the, up at the North Pole and have all those little stop animation characters around like they were when Buddy the Elf was visiting with the cocoa and everything, just chatting around the fireside in Papa Elf's house. That's where I would like to have my Christmas dinner. My That's initial, a winner. My initial thought when I was thinking what scene we had to be in, I thought it'd be really funny to be sitting with Walter Hobbs and Buddy at that first <laughs> dinner when he came and he asked for you know the maple syrup. That'd be one to be a fly on the wall for. <laughs> but I think got to go back to Whoville, guys. Only I'm going to mm. say the new the new Grinch, that dinner they have at the end. That's the one I was very close to picking, too. I want to be there for that big communal. It's not just family. It's the entire community coming together and having this big, delicious meal and bringing the Grinch in. And uh, I really want to know what a roast beast is. How about you, Julia? Um, so we haven't covered the movie yet, but I'm super excited about it. Um, I would love to be a part of Christmas with the family stone family. <laughs> okay. For better or worse. <laughs> yeah. 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 God, you got to go with that dysfunctional theme. I do. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that, Julie, I picture your family being so like your family meals being so non-drama, very... <laughs> Very, they are very non-drama. Very is that what is that? Do you feel like you're missing something? Like, are you longing Maybe. for what you don't have? Probably. Julia's longing <laughs> to be that guy in the hospital bed with the pudding, and while you were sleeping, just watching the oh, drama from yes, the sidelines. That is, that's who I would be in that situation. I'd be the one sitting back with the popcorn. Uh, Absolutely. Tom, <laughs> Tom, does it not bother you that in the new Grinch movie that? Uh, he was carving the roast beast at the end, and Bruce was nowhere to be found after he saved him from that uh, <gasps> falling off the cliff. <laughs> Is that roast beast a reindeer? <laughs> <laughs> no, but now that you mentioned Whoville, though, I, I think in any version of the Grinch, like after he has his change of heart and he it's the big town meal with the Grinch carving the beast, I'd like to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I would choose. I was so pick, beautiful. If I had to pick one from a film or a TV special, it would be that. I just decided. Oh, you know to another good one? one. Another good one would be. This might be what I would pick. Would be with Michael Caine as Scrooge and all of the Muppets around me at the end of Muppets Christmas Carol. That's oh, going to have to be the one I go with definitively. I would. Answer. I'm too freaked out by the baby Muppets in that film. I couldn't do it. <gasps> <laughs> they look just like Jude. <laughs> but Jude is cute. Jude doesn't have dark, soulless eyes like those Muppets do. <laughs> I can I change mine? 
Go for it. <laughs> I changed mine. Go ahead. I want to be there with the self-important, self-righteous, overly hypocritical <laughs> Kirk Cameron at the at that Christmas oh, dinner. No. <laughs> oh, I would love to see Tom give Kirk Cameron a verbal smackdown. <laughs> I'd love it, Kirk Cameron. If anybody listening knows Kirk Cameron, please, I will do a podcast where we can where we can where we can dialogue. <laughs> Um, real quick, because you brought the Muppets, Julia. Did you guys see? Because all the Muppets have verified Twitter accounts. Did you guys know this? No. There was some uh, drama recently between Bert and Ernie on Twitter. Really? Oh yeah, there was. On National Friendship Day. Uh oh. Ernie posted a picture of him and Rubber Duck as his best friend, and Bert was like, "Really, Ernie?" But then. A like a legit journalist got involved at this point and screencapped Bert's Twitter profile and and Ernie's and Ernie's in his bio says uh, friend of Bert. Bert says roommate of Ernie. He doesn't even call him a friend <gasps> in his Twitter. There's some drama going down between those two on friendship. Uh oh, drama on Lovers Lane. So I would <laughs> highly recommend listeners out there like the Muppets to. Go find some of their verified accounts on Twitter because they can be really funny <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh boy. Well, for listeners out there, we want to know your answers to if you had to pick a Christmas movie family to eat with, who would it be? Um, you've heard our answers. We want to hear your answers. If you want to share those with us, please do that. You can do it in a number of ways. If you are a Twitter person, you can find us at tis the pod. If you like Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at tis the podcast. Um, if you are on Reddit, you can find our subreddit at r slash tis the podcast. And if you just want to send us a good old fashioned email, you can do that as well. If you want to talk to us on our website, you can go to tis the podcast.com. Send us a message somehow and let us know what your answers are we like to read really fun ones on air um so those might be they might be caught up in our next recording um but just interact with us in general even if you're not talking about answers to questions because we really love to talk to y'all i have to give a shout out to gj davila on reddit has been bringing all the christmas content to our subreddit lately and so this is the time of the year, even last year when things slowed down on social medias because it's a weird time of year between Christmas and then missing, really starting to miss Christmas again. But come, people, interact with us. We should have another contest soon. We miss you. To draw people back <laughs> into interacting. But uh, GJ Davila has been bringing the Christmas content on Reddit. Todd Killian on Facebook... Like, oh, Todd, yeah. Todd, we will schedule your your episode soon. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of our fans, uh, Travis from the Five Count Podcast message, had you guys seen the new Netflix Christmas-themed miniseries, Merry Happy Whatever, starring Dennis Quaid? No. Huh. I hadn't either. So I wanted to share, to share that with everybody. So we've also got a, a Patreon. We want to hear from our patrons over there. Let us know what's going on in your world, what you'd like to see. Um, we are working on a double release in March of two episodes for Patreon 
get you guys some fun content. Let us know what kind of cool swag you'd like to like, what 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 would you like to get with some t- podcast love on it? We're uh, looking to make some new stuff. Let us know. Also, if you are interested, we are going to be printing some limited edition tis the podcast t-shirts um, for the three of us. If you would be interested in purchasing a shirt, let us know. And if we get enough interest, we may open that up and take some orders for t-shirts. So next week, we are delving into the realm of Hanukkah and covering Adam Sandler's animated film, Eight Crazy Nights. The week after, we will be covering the 2016 comedy film, The Night Before. So now I am, I am, I am no Professor Chalani here in terms of seeing the future, but, but I have a vision coming to me. I'm seeing, I'm seeing us covering the night before. I'm seeing Julia and Tom talking about the brunch, and I'm seeing myself saying, "At least there's heart underneath it," and us breaking our unanimous streak of movies that we've had going on for the past month. I, I don't know if it's true. We'll see, but that's the vision that's coming to me at this moment in time. Oh, James Franco's in it too, guys. Of course, they're good friends. No, he he only has a cameo. Like literally, he's in it for two minutes because he's two minutes too because long. of his friend. Yeah, you don't like James Franco? I do not like James Franco. No, I met oh, James I Franco really once. Oh yeah, these plot keywords are not giving me the good feels. <laughs> bad feelings we're going to the bad place in two weeks we're going to the good place in two weeks Seven thousand two hundred seventy-two days until the big day seven thousand nope. days nope 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 <laughs> seven thousand two hundred seventy-two hours until the big day that's only 303 days that's only 43 weeks Getting there, we're almost out of the 40s. We're almost out of the 300s. We're almost 10 weeks into 2019. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know it is. All right, do your homework. Do your homework, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, snow in a one-horse open sleigh o'er the fields we go laughing all the way bells on bobtail ring making spirits bright what fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight oh jingle bells